discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. For this opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence like this. Thank you that even as your word proceeds forth, your precious Holy Spirit takes absolute control. Thank you for information from your spirit. Thank you for great grace that is ministered to us. Thank you that your glory works in our lives like never before. And thank you that we are elevated and pushed to the next level of our lives. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to see you. And I've missed you so much. I want to give you an opportunity to ask any question at all that is on your heart. Okay? Do you like such things or you don't like them? Like such things? I'm sure we'll learn a thing or two. That will help us, isn't it? All right, all right, all right. So you're at liberty. Any question at all that is on your heart, you're at liberty to ask. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, too. Um, my question is about first fruits. Um, first fruits? Yes. So let's say um, I'm a service person, and then when I started, I gave my first fruits. They are paying me 500 cities, so I'm afraid to give you my first fruits. If I should, after service, I should start something else, my first pay, do I give my first fruits of increase? Or I give the whole pay again as another first fruit. It's very simple. You give the first fruit of your increase. So you don't if, give the whole thing. If the new amount that you are receiving from your workplace is two thousand, you give a thousand five hundred and keep your keep the five hundred because you gave five hundred the very first time. Okay. Actually, first fruit is supposed to be once every year. It's supposed to be the first pay, your first pay that you receive in the course of the year. All given to God, actually. That's what it is. But because our faith is not much, <laughs> we've been taught to do it once in a lifetime, but it's actually not like that. <laughs> it's actually not like that. It's once every year. So, Reverend George, you come and come and tell you. If I tell you, you'll not do it. <laughs> so, Reverend George, you come and come and tell you so that you'll be, you'll be inspired to do such things. Yes, you must learn to trust God. You must learn to trust God. Deuteronomy 26 verse 2, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruits of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name. It, it, was, it was a yearly sacrifice. It was a yearly first fruits. It was the first that they gathered every year. Okay. There was the harvest cycles and the very first um, harvest that you get during the harvest cycle 
you give over to God. And it happened every year, once every year, once every year. But it's a very difficult thing for a pastor to say to his congregation. The congregation will start looking at him some way. It's like, why do you like money like that? But um, it will help you trust God. It will help you trust God. Yes, it will really help you to trust God. You will not be afraid. Okay? God will take care of you. If you want to see God taking care of you, God will show you that you don't have to rely on your pay. And amazingly, you'll be taken care of. You'll be surprised. Yeah, it's something that triggers the supernatural. But I won't talk much about it. I'll wait. Forever and George to come and come and teach you. If I say it, you may not like me. So I want to be I want to be a nice pastor, so I won't talk much. When he comes, he when he finishes preaching, he'll go away. You'll not see him until some time. So the next time you see me, all your anger would have left. But if I say it, you you'll be angry with me for a very long time because you'll be seeing my face frequently. You know, so I won't say it. Yeah, he, he had a revelation about this um, two months ago. And he called me and told me about it, that God says we should, he should teach about it. To us, not to, to us. Yes, I'm not lying. My conscience is bearing me witness. I lie not. <laughs> yes, he said God told him to, to do that. Yes, so I won't even try to talk about it. I said, oh, I agree. I told him, oh, I agree, man of God, but I, I won't talk about it. As the Lord did you. So probably next year uh, in March when he comes, March or April when he comes to come and teach us here, I'm sure he will tell us. Either in Kumasi or in Aka, whichever one works. Okay. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes, someone else has a question over here. Thank you, Pastor. This is Thank a follow-up you. question. To so, the same question. Follow-up. Yes. So okay. what if um, you used to work somewhere and then let's say you started your national service and then where you were working, you were earning higher than like your national service. Will you, how will you feel? It's first fruits of increase. So, and you see, all that even boils back to the fact that it's a yearly thing. It's a yearly sacrifice. You see the confusion that's coming. Uh-huh. It's a yearly sacrifice. Yes, it's a yearly sacrifice. So, at the beginning of the year, whatever you have as your first, the first that comes to your hand should go to God. Yes, you have to give it to God. Yes. Then the rest, so you give everything. You don't fight that month. It's inside the first fruit. You give everything to God. Yeah. And God will take care of you. It's a very difficult thing to say because you... you Pastor, what are you talking about? Are you serious? For real? Are you for real? We should give what? All our pay. In January of all months. January of all months. After Christmas. No, 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 no. It must be a joke. It's of all, January of all months. Even the government knows that by January 15th, your money is finished. So they pay workers January 18th to 20th. Then they've paid everybody in January. Because they know that what they paid in Christmas it finishes on 1st January. 1st, 2nd January is finished. So people, SS, I'm telling you, you're already living by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. 
So uh, uh, you you can't give because uh, there's not there's not been an increase. There's been a reduction rather. Yes. So you can't give an increase. So you keep your pay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, it boils down to every year, once every year. Yeah. Your harvest for the year. You give the first to God, and God will take care of you. There are plenty things in the Bible that that speaks concerning what I'm talking about. But like I said, I won't talk about it. Someone else will talk about it. In Jesus' name. Did you lift your hand? Okay. Thank you, Pastor. It's about devotion. Okay. Um, you say when, when you have your devotion, uh, let's say the 30 minutes that we have, the normal ones we do in the house, sometimes they come like a routine. You ch- and I want you to guide me alongside like how will you break that routine because sometimes you, you it's something you have been doing it for long so you go like like a rattle that you don't hear very like you don't get what you have been experiencing like from the first let's say three months or from the beginning so i want you to enlighten me more about how to break that routine so that you have because it's, it's, it's a communication so at least some some, 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 sometimes it's like the conversation can change, but here's the case: the conversation is the same. You get it, so I want you to help me that thing. No, if you say conversation, I don't agree with you, because it's not conversation. You are, you are communing with God. Sorry, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So the first question is: Do you get tired eating? Oh. Is eating not a routine? <laughs> do you get tired talking? Talking is a routine. So you, you will talk, no matter what you do. By the end of the day, you'd have spoken so many words, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a routine to life okay. that you can't ignore. Do you get tired brushing your teeth? No. How many of you decide that I've brushed a challenge? <laughs> You're tired of one brush. Want to change? Okay, so spiritual things. In fact, your blessing is in the routineness. Okay, your blessing is in the ability because a lot of Christians don't have that. A lot of Christians don't have that routine with God. Yes, you think it's ordinary for you to pick up your Bible and want to pray in the morning, 30 minutes, and be with God. No, a lot of us wake up straight to our phone. WhatsApp is what says good morning to us. Say the truth and shame the devil. Ask her. That's the first thing that happens. You just quickly just go to your phone. You are checking your message. Who has said good morning to you? And then you start replying. Before you realize, it is 10 a.m. You are out of the house. You are doing something else. You are going through the day. Before you realize, you are home. You are tired. You are going to bed. So to, to develop a lifestyle of waking up and saying good morning to God and sitting down and reading your Bible, okay, because uh, you are not going to read in the same verse of the Bible. You'll be reading different verses, and that makes the communication different. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, five minutes past for instance, can help you. However, if um, we, it depends on how you approach it. If you approach it with, uh, with speed in mind, like, I have to finish it and go, you are unable to calm down to hear from God in a certain way. Okay? Hmm. Let's say you are doing it without any devotional. 
It is more difficult if you are not doing it with a devotional. Or you don't know. If you are not doing it with a devotional, you need more time to hear from the Spirit of God as to what you should even read from the Bible. But if you are doing the devotional, someone has gone through the pain of waiting on God to receive something for you for the day. So you just read what has been written in that book or you listen to that audio devotional. You check the scriptures and then you meditate on the scriptures and thank God. And, tr- and God knows. God knows that you have a certain uh, time limit on you, you know, because of the rounds you have to do during the day. So he's a master communicator. He may not talk to you in a certain way during that particular period. But the, the mindset behind devotions is to cause your mind to start with God in the morning so that you can continue throughout the day. So it's not something that we do just in the morning. The Bible says that thou shalt give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So the, the, the idea is to stay your mind on God. Okay? He says, let Jerusalem come to your mind. In other words, let Zion come to your mind. Let the house of God come to your mind. Let the word of God come to your mind. Let the Holy Spirit come to your mind. During the day, in the course of the day. So it's not, and that, that was what made it difficult for some people, especially the new Christian folks. When the new Christian folks came up, when it became so uh, wild, they were saying that what is quiet time? Quiet time is not something. You just read something in the morning and you forget. You miss, you do all kinds of things during the day. But that is also not correct because what you do in the, what they should have told us is that you do it in the morning, but then you should keep your mind stayed on God throughout the day, speaking in tongues, pockets of, of tongues during the day. Best out in tongues in the office. Let it be an overflow of the spirit within you. You understand? Yes, uh-huh. It is not advisable to just read John three sixteen for God will have the world. That's why He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. So that you get a scripture to say to your pastor when, or to somebody else, when they ask you, did you do your devotion? What scripture did you use? So I can remember and quote. No. Okay? That makes it boring. If you have a beloved, you always talk to your beloved. You never say that, ah, this routine is too much routine. No. I'm not tired of talking to my wife. We are always talking. Yes. The way she said never, it's like she's in my house. Yes, but it's the truth. It's never, it's true. We are not tired. We are still flowing. That's the, that's the whole idea of a relationship, of communion with somebody, to be able to stay together for years and years and years and be interested in each other even as the years go by. Wow, wow. Yes, that is, that is what we, we call responsibility and maturity. You, do you understand? Yes, uh-huh. So, a way you can make it not... Boring. I think that what you want to say is boring. You get it? Yes, boring. But routine, dear. Routine is... You've been to church so many times. Is church going not a routine? Wednesday you are there. Friday you are there. Sunday you are there. Wednesday you are there. Without routine, nothing can work. Any success achieved has a huge routine in there. Without routine, nothing can work. I'm telling you. We bath... Every day. It's a routine. We are supposed to bath. It's not everybody who baths every day. As well. May the Lord have mercy on us. No, there are some people who make other people's lives difficult. You don't bath, so you make other people's lives. You are comfortable. But the others around you are not comfortable. Repent before something bad happens to you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, so... 
Routine is good. Say routine is good. Routine connotes the idea of consistency. Without routine, consistency cannot happen. And without consistency, success cannot happen. If you want to break this pillar, break this building down, what do you do? You must strike repeatedly. One blow will not bring everything down. You must strike repeatedly. And to strike repeatedly means routine. It means consistency. You are being consistent. The Bible says that um, with a sharp axe, you need few blows to bring a tree down. With a blunt axe, you need many blows to bring a tree down. So there's routine in accomplishing anything. Everything that you do in life must have a certain routine to it. If there's no routine, um, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. And work is routine. Do you know work is routine? Real work is routine. There's an assembly. That's why robots can take over from people. Because of the routine nature of work. Certain types of work. On a certain level, the routine is limited to a certain point. Then innovation comes in. The innovation that we've had or we've been able to achieve must be brought down into a routine. Without that, the innovation will not work. It cannot be managed. Routine is what causes things to be managed and managed appropriately. Without that, it can't work. Okay? If you go to Mercedes... Mercedes-Benz, where they manufacture these cars. There's an assembling plant. Okay? And machines are involved. There's a side where they are fixing the exhaust to the car. That's all they do there. The machine always is fixing exhaust to the car. Another part is fixing the doors. Another part is fixing the, the handle of the door. Another part is also fixing the window. Another part is also putting the seats inside, putting the brake pads and everything, the tires. Different, it's a huge assembling plant that's one vehicle. They produce like 10,000 vehicles in a day. And just some few people are standing by it to just check some things, make sure everything is going well. It just goes like that. This one does this. Then the full car is produced. Yes. If they want to innovate, they change something in the, in the assembling plant. Am I lying? They change something. We want it to look like this. So they will change the machine that designs a particular part so that it can go, it can go through. Okay? So if you want your Christian life to work, you must have a certain routine. Your spirituality must have some routine in it or else it won't work. If you don't have the discipline of... It's something you should pray for. And if you have it, don't be bored with it. It's too nice. It's the blessing of God that you can even do it. Yeah, because not everybody who can do it. 80% of Christians all around all can't do it. They don't have any routine. They wake up, pa, they are gone. They remember God certain days. They don't remember God on certain days. Yes. Have you noticed that sometimes it's like your spiritual life is not so nice? It's like you, you've, there's a day where you feel so... Ah, it's like you're a spirit. You're like... Feel like you're spirit, yes. Ah, Holy Ghost. You don't say Holy Ghost anymore. You say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. It's like spill it. The spill it inside. Then and what normally happens to us is that, that when you have a very nice experience with the Holy Spirit like that on a certain day, it's like you think that that is supposed to keep you the following day, the following two days, the following three days, the following. So you go off. But it's not like that. If you want to continue, 
next day, do the same thing. And ask the Holy Spirit to just take over. What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to study? What do you want me to, to see? And if you have a devotional, your life is even shorter. It's simpler. Just go through the devotional. The Holy Spirit will speak to you through what you are learning. Okay? Yes, Pastor. You'll be very fine. Wow. So for a consistent Christian walk, a consistent spiritual walk with God, you need the routine of sitting down, studying the scriptures, meditating on it, and praying with it. You need it. Without that, your Christian life cannot be measured. Is there routine in school? Yes. You, do you keep going to the same class? Yes. Same lecturers? Yes. Same chair? Yes. Same everything? Yes. Same book? Yes. Same food? Yes. Same boy? Yes. Same, <laughs> same jokes? Same every, everything is the same. But you like school? No. Look at you. You like school? Go away. <laughs> Nobody likes school, but we go anyway, isn't it? Yes. Would they give you a certificate if after two years you decide that, uh, why this place they boss so? I don't like this place at all. Everything be the same. See, the lectures will change. See, the classrooms have the paints don't change. We like this. I don't like this. I'll make the color check. Charlie can't paint it. Brother, you will not get your certificate. You will not get your certificate. Routine is good. Say routine is good. Do you wear clothes every day? Why don't you get tired and say, Charlie, today, dear, let me walk with my, <laughs> with my what? My baby suits. My, my, <laughs> my birthday suits. <laughs> so you're just walking in town like that. Waving people, hello, I love you. God bless you. <laughs> so you end up at Ankerful or something. You, that's what will happen to you. Routine is good, okay? Yes, Pastor. Yes. You know, David spoke about, he says, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Daily at thy post, I wait to hear from thee. I mean, daily. Every day he's waiting to hear. Every day. Every day. The Bible mentions about Jesus, and Jesus, as his manner was, went to the synagogue. Same about Paul. And Paul, as his manner was, went to the synagogue. It's a manner, it's a routine. It's nice. Routine is nice. Yes. Is wooing a routine? Yeah. Have you ever wooed differently? As you are wooing, it's coming out of your waist. Yeah. It's coming from here. This portion is so tired. You have wooed down here, so you, get, you decide to wooing from your behind your at your back. When you get to the WC, you just do this, and then it starts coming. Is it Acts chapter 17, verse 2? And Paul, as his manner was, his manner, that was his routine. Probably other versions will say it in a, in a different way. Let's see the amplified. And Paul entered as he usually did. It's a usual thing. Okay? BBA. As he generally did. Message. What does message say? Paul went to their meeting place as he usually did when he came to a town. Usually. That was his custom. That was his routine. According to his usual habit. So it's, it's a habit. Yes. And that's, that's habit. You develop a habit. Good habit of reading the Bible. No Bible, no breakfast. Have you ever heard that thing before? 
No Bible, NB, NB. No Bible, no breakfast. Yes, it's run in most Christian homes. If your parents were really Christian, they would do that to mafia you. No Bible, no breakfast. Have you read the Bible? Come on, go and read the Bible. You want to come and eat? You have not talked to God, spoken to God today. Come on, go and eat. Go and go and pray before you come and come and eat. No Bible, no breakfast. Institute it for yourself and consequently for your children. Okay. To be very powerful. No Bible, no breakfast. When you see him touching the oats, eh? What is that? What have you read the Bible? They will say yes. What verse did you read? Then they'll quote the verse they quoted for you four days ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Please have I answered you. So it's actually a good thing, oh. It's a very, very good thing. We have a follow-up question. Someone is asking a question. Okay. You also have a question. Great. Nice. Thank you. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. Great. Yeah, so um, the first question is... Okay, okay, okay. Not first. Okay. Would, would a Christian know when the rapture is occurring? Okay, or, or when it's going to happen? And would you know when it is going to happen? Happen, yeah. Okay. And um, is the departure of the Holy Spirit what we call rapture? And lastly, should it be scary? Like most people preach messages, and like you can see, like the end point is right. Like so, very Charlie, your question is very big. So let's let me take you on a journey in the Bible, okay? Ish, ish. Hallelujah. Okay, the first thing is, will a, will, will a, Christian, a Christian know? Jesus said, the hour and the day no man knows except the Father. Okay? So the day and the hour no man knows. Nobody. Now, why did Jesus say that? Matthew 24, verse 36. Matthew 24, 36. Why did Jesus say that? Actually, Jesus was using... Um, Marital terms when he made that particular, but of that day and hour, no, no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. There are two comings of Christ. The second coming is in two forms there's the, there's the public and the private coming of Christ. Okay, the private coming of Christ is for his own, it's for the church, and the public coming is with his church. Okay. Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1. Let's read verse 9. Acts 1, 9. And when he had spoken these things, this is Jesus. When Jesus had spoken these things, while they beheld, while the, while the disciples were looking at him, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Have you seen it? A cloud that what? Received him out of their sight. Next verse. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, they were amazed, they were bewildered. They were gazing in heaven. Because all through their journeys of, the journey of Christ with them, they didn't really believe that he was the son of God. Even after the resurrection, they didn't believe. Remember that after the resurrection, Thomas said, I don't believe. Except I see him and touch him, I wouldn't believe. So at this point, this was no doubt the final straw. They were, he was talking to them right before their eyes. He started levitating and went up into the sky. Now, why were they, you see, and while they looked steadfastly, do you understand steadfastly? Let's read other versions so that we understand it. 
and while they were gazing intently into heaven, intently, like they were shocked. What did they see? Why were they shocked like that? It is because of the verse before. Let me show it to you. Look at the verse before. And when he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. The word cloud there is not just these clouds that we are seeing. The word cloud is what is written in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So a cloud of witnesses received Jesus out of their sight. And that was what caused them to be bewildered. They, they, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Because as Jesus was going, it wasn't just Jesus who was going. Abraham was there. Elisha was there. Jacob. All those people who had Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. I realize you don't know what I'm talking about. So Matthew 27, 52. Let's read from verse 50 so we can understand it better. Okay. Jesus, when he had cried, this is the death of Jesus, okay? Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent into into two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake. There was an earthquake and the rocks rent. The rocks broke into pieces. And the graves were what? The graves were open. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. When Jesus died, there there was an earthquake Rocks broke into pieces. And the graves, that's all the graves in Israel, opened. And many bodies of the saints, people who had lived godly lives, rose again. When? When did they rise again? And came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went into the holy city and appeared unto many. They had so many people coming out of the graves and showing themselves to so many people in the city. So some will be farming. And then Jacob will appear. Hail, the Lord is, they went and preached the gospel to them, yet Israel has not changed. Do you know Israel? It's called the stiff-necked nation. They are, they are stiff, God, God has struggled with them for years. It's, is it, am I the one saying it's in the Bible? They appeared unto many after his resurrection. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't rise from the dead alone. He led captivity captive. Because prior to Christ's death, everyone who died as a saint, someone who followed God, went to a place called Hades, the land of the dead, and landed in a place called Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom was in the land of the dead. That is why the rich man and Lazarus, it was a true story, it wasn't a parable. Jesus never said that one parable spoke, Jesus, no. It was not a parable, it was a true story. Dive commentary. The, the rich man was in hell, and he could see Lazarus. He could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is the name of a place which it was used to be called paradise. Paradise is the same as Abraham's bosom. Okay? Uh, and it was not in heaven. John chapter 3. Look at John chapter 3 verse 13. John chapter 3 verse 13. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says to Nicodemus, and no man has ascended up to heaven. No man. So none of the people who came before Jesus went to heaven. Nobody ascended to heaven. Only two people. Moses, Elijah, and then Enoch. And even that one, some people are saying all kinds of things. But these were the only three people that is recorded in the Bible that they appeared in heaven. And even that one, they they did not ascend. They were taken. They did not go by their will. Jesus ascended. He's the only one who ascended by his will. Elijah was taken with a chariot of fire. 
Enoch was taken. Moses died and he was taken. Do you understand? Yeah. But Jesus is the only one who ascended. Wow. Wow. He says, no man ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. A lot of versions don't add this place, which is in heaven. Because Jesus, even though he was here on earth, was in the state of heaven. So he was saying that I've come physically from heaven. And now I'm in the state of heaven even though I'm here on earth. Do you get it? So all those who died prior to Christ were all in the land of the dead. They were held captive. They couldn't ascend or be with God. But they were kept in the night. There are four places in the land of the dead. There was paradise also known as Abraham's bosom. Then there was a place called Hades. There was a place called hell. Okay? And hell was not a place, not a place that was prepared for men. It was prepared for Satan and his angels, like Jesus said in John chapter, John chapter 8. Then there's a place called Abusus, which is uh, 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 it's called the, the deep. Okay? The deep. Then there's Tartarus. Okay? There's Tartarus. These are the four places. And all these things, all these places have. They are all in the Bible. All that I'm saying are in the Bible. For instance, Tartarus, that he mentioned, is a place where wicked angels, more wicked than Satan, are kept. In chains. It's in 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm not the one saying this. Okay, so all these places were there. When Jesus died, he relocated all these people from the land of the dead. He took them out of Abraham's bosom and was relocating them to heaven. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse... Uh, from verse 7. Yes, Ephesians 4, 7. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Next verse. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high. He's talking about Christ. When Christ ascended on high, he led what? Captivity captive. What is he talking about? Read other versions. You see it. The Greek rendering is, he led a train of captives free. Who were the people in the train of the captives? Eh? Taking his prisoners with him. Who, who are the prisoners? Two, two groups. Jesus led those who were bound by the devil in there because they, they weren't bound by the devil. They were bound by the laws of, of the universe. You get it? Sin cannot enter heaven. And until sin is taken away from you, you can't enter heaven. And all of them had sin in them. Even though they led godly lives. They had sin in them. They followed the plan of God, the will of God. But they had sin in them, so they couldn't go. So sin had to be taken care of. Until sin was taken care of, they couldn't enter. So there's a psalm that talks about the entry of Christ. Lift ye up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ancient doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? That's how Christ entered. His re-entry into heaven was. And the Bible describes how plenty of people followed him. Okay, look at this one. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He led the train of vanquished foes. So like I was saying, there are two groups. He led those who were bound by the vanquished foes, okay, that is the things I've mentioned that they rose from the dead. I showed it to you, isn't it? They rose from the dead. He led all of them out and led those, he led the devil and his uh, demons as well out. He beat all of them. Colossians chapter 2. Let's read from verse 15. Go to 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers. Have you seen this? And having spoiled, the word spoiled is to disarm. So the Amplified says, look at Amplified. God disarmed the principalities and powers. It wasn't God, it was Christ who did it. Of course, Jesus is God. So if they say God is the same, you see they put it in brackets, they are not so sure. 
But if you read the verse before, you see that it is Jesus is talking about. Go to verse 14. Having cancelled and blotted out the, and wiped away the handwriting on that note bond which, with this legal decrease and demands which was enforced and stood against us, hostile to us, this note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he, Christ, set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. Who died on the cross? So then he goes on. Disarmed and disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a display and public example of them. Where did, where did this happen? Where did he do the display and public example of them. Did you see it in, 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 in the earth? Did anybody have, is there any record of Satan walking in Rome with all his demons following him in chains? No, there was nothing like it. It's something that happened spiritually. So the, the spiritual universe is aware that the devil is beaten. He's also aware that he's beaten. It's only Christians who are not aware. Okay. Only Christians are not aware. You, are, you have to be aware. Okay. Now, if they go, if someone goes for war, if Julius Caesar goes for war, and he defeats the enemy, he takes the captives that the enemy has, that are his, his people, he takes them out. And they are the first group that are led out of captivity and led into his city. Then the second group that are brought into the city are the foes, the enemies. The king of that particular country is led through the streets of Rome and everybody pelts stones at them, tomatoes, eggs, everything is pelted at them until they get to the hanging point. Then they hang all their enemies before Rome. That's how it is done. And Paul is a Roman, so he's writing in Roman terms. Do you understand? Yes. Uh-huh. So he led captivity captive. The first group was those who were bound and couldn't ascend up. And the second group were the Satan and then his people, his cohorts. Do you understand? Now, so the angels in Acts chapter 1 verse 10 said to, I think verse 11, said to the disciples that this same, Jesus says, why are you standing here? Who, who said, men, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? Why are you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, who was caught away and lifted up from among you into heaven, will return in just the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. Wow. How did he go into heaven? With a cloud of witnesses. Let me show you more proof. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Behold, he cometh with what? Clouds. Clouds. Have you seen it? You remember he said the same, the way you are seeing him going, that's the same way he's going to come. So, John says, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. This is the second coming public appearance of Christ. Public coming of Christ. He says, he cometh, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they that they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. So he says he will be coming with what? With clouds. What, is the, what are the clouds? Jude chapter 1, verse 14. Look at Jude 1 14. Same thing, same phrase, same. You see the way, behold, he cometh with clouds. Look at how Jude says it in Jude 1 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of this saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with what? He cometh with what? Ten thousands of his saints. That's how he's going to come. With ten, so the clouds is actually the saints that were taken, including those of us who will be taken. I'll talk about those of us who will be taken very soon. Okay. And the proof, another proof is in Revelation chapter nineteen. Look at Revelation chapter nineteen. Let's read from verse twelve. Revelation nineteen from verse twelve. His eyes were as a flame of. Let's read from verse ten. And I felt his feet to worship. Next, verse eleven. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness is that judge and make war. Verse 13. 
He's describing Christ and what he was wearing during his public appearance. Next verse. Let's read from verse 12 so it makes more sense. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. Verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. He's talking about Jesus. Next verse. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon what? White horses. And clothed in fine lining, white and clean. Who are these people? Who are the armies of heaven? The saints. Why? Go to verse 7. Revelation 19, 7. You'll see it there. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. Who is the wife of the lamb? The church is the wife of the lamb. Okay? You know that, right? Look at the next verse. And to her, to the wife was granted that she should be arrayed in what? Clean and white. For the fine lining is the righteousness of who? Are are this not the same group of people? Same dressing. Fine lining, clean and white. Same group that are the armies that come with Christ on that day. So those who be coming with him, he says, behold, he come with 10,000 of saints. Who are the 10,000 of saints? You and I. So actually, the rapture is for Christians. That is the private coming of Christ. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read from verse 52. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This is the rapture. We shall be changed. Look at the next verse. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then shall the saying, so when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And this is the second coming. This is called the second coming of Christ, the private second coming of Christ. Let me give you more proof. First Thessalonians chapter 4. It's like I just learned this before I came here. You have to keep the scriptures in your spirit. And allow the Holy Spirit to remind you. Okay? Yes, Pastor. Verse 13. 1 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or which are dead, that ye sow not, even as others which have no hope. There are those who don't have hope in life. 1 Corinthians 15.13 Go to 1 Corinthians 15.13 just to chip it in, okay? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Go, go to 12. Let's read from a stop. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? Next verse. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Have you seen it? Next verse. Yea, and we have found false witness of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. It so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. There's a place where he says that if... If in this life, next, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What is the hope that we have in Christ? The hope that we have in Christ is in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Look at it, Philippians 3, 20. It will show you. For our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. From heaven, we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. So this body that we have, 
is called vile body. It says, Christ shall change this our vile body, so that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. This is called the hope of the church. The day when Christ will come in the heaven, that, that one, he will not, his feet will not touch the ground. He will just appear in the sky. And when he appears in the sky, we are the ones who see him. Christians are the ones who see him. And we shall be changed. So two things shall happen during that time. Some people will resurrect from the dead. It's called the first resurrection. They will resurrect from the dead. Okay? Whoever dies, dies here. And his body particles are left here. Whether he has a grave or not, his body particles are left here. If he died in the sea, his, our body is part of the sand. Our body is, is humus, humus man. So from dust you came, from dust you shall return. We go back into the dust. Now, when Christ comes, the body particles that are in the dust shall rise. Everybody's own shall connect wherever it's found. It shall rise. And it shall become a glorious body. The, the reason is that, that is why I preach that message in Kumasi. Because Christ needs this your body. If he doesn't get this your body, you can't get a good resurrection. Jesus' body that he came here on earth is what he's using right now in heaven. You know, yeah. he didn't leave that body, he didn't get another body, he got the same body. So you too, this body of yours is going to be used by Christ for your resurrection. If you didn't keep it well, how you kept it is how it will be. I'm not, I'm not joking with Listen to what I preached in Kumasi on Sunday. It's on the podcast. And listen to what I preach on Sunday. I'll talk about it into details. Okay, He needs this your body. Corruption must put on in corruption. This is corruption. It must put on in corruption. So on that day, those who are dead, he says, we shall not prevent those who are dead. I just read it. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Go back there. Am I helping you? He says, but I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are dead or asleep, that ye sow not, even as others which have no hope. Those who don't have any hope because they didn't accept Christ here on earth, they are in trouble. But we have hope. It's called the hope of the resurrection. Because death is not the end. It's the beginning of another life. Next verse, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now what is he saying? This is very nice. Say it is very nice. It's very nice. Says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. On the day that Christ comes, that is the private appearance. I'll show you the public appearance. The public appearance is with his saints. I'm now showing you, and with his, when he's coming with his saints, it is for judgment purposes. His foot shall touch Mount Olives, and he shall speak a word that shall destroy all of his enemies. And he shall sit and judge, and sit between the sheep and the goats. It's called the judgment of the sheep and the goat. Okay? That's another time. But he says that this group of people that you'll be coming. So you see, someone, let's say one of our brothers just died this year, isn't it? Where is he? He is with the Lord. Where is his body? His body is here. How will he get his resurrected body? He has to come back for it. Isn't it? So all those who are dead in Christ. God will bring, he says, Jesus will bring with them. With, he, God will bring with him. So as Christ comes into the skies, their bodies will resurrect from the earth and their spirit shall meet the body wow. and they shall receive their resurrected body. This will happen before ours. Okay? So he says, next verse. That's what, he, that's what this verse means. Next verse. For this we say unto you that by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep or dead. The word asleep is dead. Okay? It's just King James, old King James words. We say we shall not prevent them. Next verse. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, with the trumpet of God. Remember, it says in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trump. Same thing he's describing here. And with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. All those who have died shall rise first. They shall come, their bodies shall meet them. Next verse. Then it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Have you seen it? To meet the Lord in the air. So that one, he doesn't come here on earth. It's in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So after that, we go straight to heaven. Then the marriage supper of the Lamb starts. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We enjoy ourselves with the Lord. Then we return with him. That's the second appearing, the second coming of Christ, the public second coming of Christ. The private one is for his own. The second coming is with his own. Do you get it? Now, shall we know that he's coming? If you are tuned to the spirit, you would know. You, you would not know the day and the time, but you will have an idea. Why am I saying that? Actually, Christ comes for everybody. Either through death, because it's still the same, or through the rapture. It's actually not a question of will I go or will I not go? You're a child of God. You will go. But the question is how will you go? Let me show you some scriptures. Let us read First Thessalonians, next chapter, First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 1 so that it makes more sense. Okay? But of the times, look at it, of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Next verse, next verse, let's go. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as what? Did you hear, did you hear what we just said? He says, for you yourselves know. You yourselves. He's writing to Christians. He says, you yourselves, you know. That the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Next verse. You will see. For when they say, not when we say, when they say. So when the world says, peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. He's not talking to Christians. He's talking to outsiders. I saying it. Yes, Next verse. But ye, brethren, then he refers to us, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. So it shouldn't overtake you as a thief. But it can. It can. Why? Look at the next verse. Ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We naturally, by virtue of our spiritual birth, are children of light and not children of darkness. We are not children of the, the night, but we are children of the day and children of the light. Therefore, let us not what? Because there are many Christians who are asleep. Why? Until you are not awakened to the fatherhood of God and awakened to the reality of the coming of Christ, you are going to be in trouble on that day. It will, it will pass you as a thief in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us what? Watch. I will explain that to you. Next verse. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Next verse. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And there's a breastplate of righteousness. 
one breast is called the breastplate of faith. And the other breast is called the breastplate of love. So upon the breastplate of righteousness, you remember Ephesians chapter 6, yeah. it's two portions of it, love and then faith. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation. You remember? That one to the helmet of salvation. The same thing. Next verse. For God has not appointed us to wrath. We have not been appointed to wrath. But some people shall go through wrath. Even though we have not been appointed for that. Because they are asleep. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. Who died for us? That whether we wake or sleep, whether we are alive or dead, we should live together with him. Next verse. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye do. What is he saying? It's not supposed to overtake as a thief as a thief in the night. But when you are asleep, what do we mean by when you are asleep? How does a Christian sleep? Hallelujah. Don't don't fool with God. How many of you like eating unripe mangoes? Some people like eating it, we know. How many of you like eating unbaked bread? How many of you like eating raw chicken? Nothing has happened to it. Nothing has happened to it. How many of you like that? What is the difference between raw chicken and boiled chicken? Process. It has, something has happened to it, isn't it? We are all Christians. We are all fresh chicken. Every Christian is a fresh chicken. Born again. But you must be processed. You must mature. Your maturity is what causes you to have the magnets that will attract you to Jesus. When he shows up. If you don't mature, forget it. The mag- he will come, but you can't go. You will jump, but it won't happen. You can jump like Superman and jump like Spider-Man. Forget it. And, and, and that is the honest truth. There are Christians who are master fornicators. No, you like it. You are enjoying it. You are inside. You, are, you have crossed your leg inside. You are the pimp inside the thing. Which you are the don't. You are the one who is. Your body count is almost 100. As a child of God. You are a child of God. You are into smoking. You love it. You see, there are two groups of Christians. There are levels of Christianity. There's children. There's young men. There's fathers. There are children who are honestly children. They have problems. We know. God is aware. But there are those who have remained children for a very long time. Paul said, as long as, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I grew up, I stopped talking as a child. Are you getting it? That would say that he has given his, his prophets, teachers, and all that for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come in the nature of the faith, unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Then he says, That we henceforth no, be no more children, tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine. As long as you are a child, you cannot be raptured. As long as, I didn't say when, as long as you've been born again for six months, one year. What the problems you had are the, are the same problems you are having now. And you are not making any effort to use the word of God and employ the grace of God to help you go against it. You like it and you are inside. You are not awakened to the fact that we have a work to do. We have something to do. You think you are supposed to be a, ch- a Christian just sitting in church and going and coming until you are exposed to evangelism and expose yourself to evangelism and win souls. You have not yet prepared yourself because the bride, the wife must make herself ready. Ready. 
Didn't you read it? I just read it to Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice for the might of the Lamb is come. And his, the bride, his wife, has made herself ready. She's made herself ready. We are to make ourselves ready. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Look at Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it. Eh? Next verse. He must sanctify it. And what? That he might sanctify and cleanse with the washing of water. By the way, Christ is aware that you are not perfect. That is why he's using his word to wash you. But if you decide that his word will not wash you, then you'll be dead. He is not coming for a wife who does not have teeth. How many of you want to marry someone who does not have teeth? When we say, may you kiss the bride, only a tongue comes out. <laughs> have you seen an old man without teeth before? That is, you want that? How many of you want a bride with plenty pimples all over her face? She has put the lipstick on her eyebrow. And she has put her eyelash, the eyelashes on around her mouth. And she's coming to kiss you. Will you marry such a person? So why do you want Christ to marry a bad girl? A girl who, a bride whose face looks like Momone. No, he will not marry such a wife. So he is coming for those. It's not his fault. You are asleep. What the? Five foolish virgins, five wise. Have you read that scripture before? Yeah. Matthew chapter 22. The scriptures concerning the virgins. Yeah. Is it Matthew 22 or 23? One of them, 22, 23. They all fell asleep. Cry. And all, they were all virgins. Who are virgins? 2 Corinthians 11, 2. For I have espoused, I'm jealous about you, godly jealousy. For I have espoused you unto one wife, that I may present you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't do your face like you dear. You are the one that is being worked on. How long do you want us to work on you? How long? long? Your pastors are happy about the message. How long? Many people are there. But because of you, we can't go out for more people. You've been the way you are for three years. Three years. Watch it. It's not your fault. You are not conscious of eternal judgment. There's something called eternal judgment. Okay? There's something called eternal judgment. And all of us will be judged. Christians will not be judged to go to hell. There are four judgments. Pure judgments that are in the Bible. The first one is called the judgment of sin. Which has occurred in Christ. If someone misses the judgment of sin that has occurred in Christ already by not receiving Christ, he's posted to the last judgment, which is called the white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12. And I saw a throne, and him that, a white throne, and him that sat upon it, and the heaven and the earth fled away from him. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Next verse. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their what? Works. This judgment, go, go down. Go to last, last verse. Go to last verse. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was what? Cast in the lake of fire. So all those who show up at the 
judgment of the white throne are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. That's their end. And all those who show up there, those who missed the first judgment in Christ, all those who didn't give their lives to Christ, they end up at the last judgment, which is the white throne judgment. But there's a judgment for Christians. It's called the Bema Sea Judgment. So if you miss the first judgment, which is the judgment of sin, you are postponed to another judgment called the Bema Seat Judgment. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 10. He says, but why, he's writing to Christians, he says, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before what? The judgment seat of Christ. The word judgment here, okay, is spelt, is the Greek word is bima, and it means a foot space. On that day, we shall stand before Christ in a foot space, and Christ shall judge us. For what purpose? He shall judge us for rewards. So, Go to the second Corinthians 5 verse 10. Second Corinthians 5 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You know the same thing appears here. Yeah. The judgments, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. In his body. What did you do in this your body? Because your body is the member of the body of Christ, isn't it? Yeah. First Corinthians 6, verse, verse 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Whether it be good or bad, whatever you did in this your body, what you use this your body for, if you use it for winning souls, bringing people to the house of God, helping people raising the Lord, you will get, you'll be surprised at the rewards you get on that day. And all the things you are doing for the Lord is actually you working your clothing, your wedding clothing for the wedding, wedding reception. So all that you are doing in your body, your body is too important. What you do with your body is for your eternal resurrection, is for your eternal judgment, is for your clothing in the Lord. Some people walk naked in heaven. It's in the Bible. It says, take it so that you don't walk naked. It's not, I'm not the one saying it. It's in the Bible. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 13. Meat for the belly and belly for the meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the body and the Lord for the body. Have you seen it? Next verse. He's talking about your body. And God has both raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Next verse. Know you not that your bodies are the members of what? Did he say, no, no, you know that your spirits are the members of Christ? No. He says, no, you know that your body, so this body, your physical body of yours, is a member of Christ. Hey. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. So I give, I'm going to give proper explanation to effects of fornication to your body, which is a member of Christ. On Sunday, listen to that message to help you. But what I'm trying to say is that you shall be judged according to all that you do in this body. This your body. You understand what did you do in this your body and hence the body of Christ because your body is a member of Christ. Are you saying it? Second Corinthians 5:10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So all that you do in this your body, you'll be judged for it. Whether it be good or bad. Christians. Like I said, there's a place. There are some people here. You just came to church. You don't know what I'm, what you are talking about. There are some people. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You have been here for long. Yeah. You have heard things. We've preached that our mouth is finished. Yeah. Our mouth is. You know, but you have decided that you are not going to change. It's because you are not conscious of what is coming. If you were, even though you came in as a master fornicator, after six months, one year, you will change your mind. You say, no, no, no. I have to give my body for the Lord. Three months, you change. 
you decide that no, I have to do something for the Lord. I have to spend my life. You may be struggling with pornography, but you decide that I have to. I will still use my life for the Lord. If you, well, if you watch porn, one, you will work for the Lord seventy. Then you watch one. Then you work for the Lord one forty. You tell the devil for everyone, I will do double. Yes. So you you are struggling, but you decide that no, I'll do it for the Lord. Yeah. But you don't sit and then you like, what shall we do? This is how it is. Let's eat and drink. For tomorrow we die. Meats for the belly. And the belly for the meats. You are joking. Will we know? Emphatically, yes. If you are dwelling in the light and alive and not asleep, you would know. Paul and all those who are there, who were there before, always were expecting the coming of Christ. Hmm? They used to call it Maranatha. Lord, come. Come quickly. They were always, that was their greeting. They were moving around town. When they see each other, Maranatha, the Lord cometh. Reminding each other of the Lord's Maranatha. Hey, Charlie, what's up? What do you have? Charlie, Charlie. I miss you, Charlie. Charlie, the girl, the last time, Charlie, the ears big wow. In bottom check like so. You know the small thing. Choristers, choristers. That's their discussion. Meanwhile, those guys were greeting Maranatha. The Lord cometh soon. We are greeting Charlie. The chick they ask big wow. You see him in bottom check like so. I get them and what I will take do on me. What I will take do on me. That is our greeting now. And we have listen, 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 listen. And we have used grace to cover it. We have used grace to cover it. Yes, we have used grace, big grace to cover it. Yeah, it's like, oh, let us eat and drink for there's grace for us. You are, you are in trouble. You can remove your penis and take a clap and send to somebody. You are a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Stop lying to yourself. We are aware that you are a child of God, but you are asleep. You are a sleepy snoring. Your snoring, that's how your snoring is. You are asleep to the nurse's degree. A bear foul, say rapture. A bear foul. It will carry you like rapture. I'm telling you. It's the truth. It's the truth. You may have made mistakes in the past, but you must have a change of mind. It's called metanoia. Yeah. Repentance. Changing your mind. Regretting and saying, I'll not go along this line again. I know what God is going to do. Yeah. I have to change my mind and live a godly life. Yeah. yeah. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 11. You are preaching. Don't use grace to cover, to, to cover yourself. Don't be a fool. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that... That what bring us salvation has appeared to grace has appeared to all men. Okay. Doing what? Teaching us. Teaching. This is what grace teaches. This is what grace teaches. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. You remember in those places, oh, it says, Let us live soberly. Let us live soberly. Let us, what, what is he talking about? You see, when we say sober, soberness of mind, that means that you are not mad. They are mad Christians who are living in the system. <laughs> do, you, do you know a madman? A madman is someone who is out of reality. He's out of this world. 
He's living in a certain world, but he's out of that world because of his mental state. Okay? Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the meaning of sober. Check. There's a scripture in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He talks about women. How that she shall be saved through childbearing if she lives in faith and in love. He says, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with sobriety. Sobriety is calmness of mind. Making sure you are seen. If you check the, the Greek, you see saneness of mind. So if you are not sober, if you are a child of God and you are not living soberly, that means that you are living madly. You are in the realm of madness. In, so in Christ, you are in Christ. But you are mad. So you are not, hold on. So you are not living, even though you are in that realm physically or spiritually, your mental state is worldly. You are outside living in another world. So you are not living soberly. So you are not aware of what is happening in Christ. Just like a madman is not aware of what is happening around him. He eats from the gutters. He can sleep in the open. He can do whatever. He's, he's not living. He can swim in gutter. He can eat everything that he, everything. Why? Because he's mad. Yes. So there are Christians who are spiritually mad. They are off. Even though they are in Christ, they are mentally in Christ. Mentally they are off. That is why they are messing up and doing whatever they like and thinking that everything is fine. Everything is not fine. That's what the grace of God teaches. So don't, don't, feel, don't think that, oh, you can do whatever. You can just do whatever you want to do. Oh, what is it? Ain't nobody church with a camera with a go. Make her shoot this girl. You can continue chewing. On that day when you show up, You'll be judged. What you did in your body is what you will get. What you oh, what you did in your body is what you will get. Hallelujah. So we know yes and no. No, because he says that day no man knows. Why did he use that term? You know Jesus is the one who said that. We read, we saw it, isn't it? Jesus is the one who said. Why did he say that? He said that because he was using marital terms. During those times in Jewish culture, a child is betrothed, a, a, a girl child is betrothed to another person to, for marriage. Probably at birth. Sometimes even at birth. And may not even know the man who is coming to marry her. Yes, you may not even know. But the marriage, is, the marriage happens very early in your life. Very, very early. But you can't marry out a nine-year-old to somebody. The actual marriage for uh, time for marriage is 18 years and above. Huh. But your marriage, the, the girl's marriage is dependent on her ability to sew her own clothing. Her own wedding. So all Jewish brides sew their own marriage clothing. And it is only the father of the boy who came to betroth the child to his son. He is the only one who knows the day when the, the, the boy will come. He will come for the girl. You understand? So the son is not aware. The daughter of the other man is also not aware. The only one who is aware is the man who came to do the betrothal. God is the one who came to do the betrothal. He betrothed us to his son. We are his bride. So Jesus was not saying that he doesn't do everything. He was talking in terms of marriage terms because he's the son in, in this marriage. And the day that the father will come for the wife, he doesn't know. Not that he doesn't know, he knows. But he's talking in marital terms. Are you getting it? Do you know that every Jewish wife is is kidnapped, is stolen from her own house for marriage. 
they are kidnapped. <laughs> yes, that's, you can check it. You can check it on Google. How, how uh, uh, Jewish, Jewish marriages, you can check it. They are kidnapped, literally. And that's the rapture. So she's not aware, her father is not aware. Only the father of the boy is aware. And when he is coming to take, he kidnaps the girl. The following day, she's in her house. The marriage takes place. The parents come and then they do, they do the wedding and then it goes. That's what Jesus was saying. But the way for the bride to tell whether it is, the time is getting nearer is by her sewing her clothes. If she is able to finish sewing her wedding clothes, then she's ready. And very soon, she'll be kidnapped. So she becomes very excited. When she's moving around, you say, Me crack on the wood. Oh, me crack on the crack on the My heart is desiring my husband because I'm done sewing my wedding clothing. And that is a sign of her maturity. So when the church finish, if you finish, if you sew your clothing, and in your clothing, there are three things that can be in your clothing. Every, not three, six things that can be in your clothing. First Corinthians chapter three. Verse what? Verse 10. Hallelujah. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Christ. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Now, Paul says, I'm the master builder. I've laid the foundation, and that foundation is Christ. All of us are building something. All of us. We are building. Tell anybody, we are building. Not, not only Thessalus, we are building our lives. Tell anybody, not only Thessalus. We are building our lives. In Christ. For our rewards. On that day. So, he says, now, if any man build upon this foundation, which is Christ. So, we've all arrived in Christ. We are in the foundation. But now, what are you going to build? If any man build upon this foundation, gold. And the building is also symbolical of your clothing, your dress, sewing your dress. So, once you are sewing your dress, you can either sew gold into your dress, sew silver into your dress, sew precious stones into your dress, wood, hay, stubble. Are you seeing it? Silver, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Six different materials. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day. Which day? The day of the Lord. For the day, the day that we shall stand before the Lord. That is the Bimasit judgment. For the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed. Your work shall be revealed by what? Fire. By fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What happens to gold when it goes through fire? How about silver? How about precious stone? Precious stone was born out of fire. It is is in its environment. What will happen to wood? How about hay? Do you know hay? Hay, hay. Do you know hay? Straw. What? uh, 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 Madhouse is what they put on top of it. That's hay. How about stubble? Do you know stubble? Stubble is the uh, atintin row. You see, like cotton. So if you've not gone to a place for a long time, a house for a very long time, and you go there, you see some cotton-like things. That's stubble. When you sweep, you see that it will get stuck to the broom, and you have to take it off. And uh-huh, that's stubble. What do you think will happen to when it catches fire? Even wood is better. We are crashing a Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So we are not being judged to go to hell. You are being judged to receive rewards. Wow. You get it? Yes. 
he shall receive a reward. Next verse. If any man's work shall be bent, he shall suffer loss. So there's some suffering of loss in heaven. It's called weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are a lot of Christians who weep and they'll gnash their teeth on that day. You remember all the opportunities you had to do something for the Lord. Like Pastor Kusha is doing. Ah, Eraze. Eraze, God. God. Had I known. It's too late, brother. It's finished. Your life is finished. You didn't do anything for the Lord. You were only fooling around as a Christian. You were just messing up. You didn't do anything for God. Nothing. Nothing. Ah, what do you think God should do? Is, is God bad? No. You've lost everything. You, you just put hay, wood and stubble in your clothing. That was your clothing. Revelation 16, 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Have you seen it? Yeah. This one too is coming as a thief. Same, so, and he's talking to Christians. He says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth. That watcheth. You must be awake in the kingdom of God, not asleep. Not losing your mind in the kingdom of God. You must be awake. Blessed he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So on that day, people will see your shame. When we check your dress, we will know where you, what you did on earth. Hey, Onokwa. Brah, Bren, look at you. So it's in your own interest to use the word of God for yourself. It is in your own interest to do something for the Lord. It is in your own interest to work on your personal life. Let the word of God change you. Don't let it wrap up, go through one year and go to the other. Now it's doing nothing to you. You are just coming to church. Free hands. Until you start making notes in church, you don't know what you are talking about. How, how many scriptures have I quoted since I stood here? How do you think I, do you think I got to know it by osmosis? I slept on the on the on the on the Bible and it just entered my mind. No, I've listened, I listen to messages like you are listening to messages right now. That is how I learned it. I'm recording this verse into my mind. You see, when I, I said I don't remember where it is, so I just looked at it so that I can get it to my spirit. And it has registered 1615. I know it's revelations. 1615 is gone. It's inside. If you like, ask me after 20 years, I'll tell you 1615. I remember now. You make a conscious effort. To learn because this is your life. This is what to show you what to do with yourself and not be a fool. There are a lot of fools. Christians who are fools. It's in the it's in the Bible. Matthew 25. The wise version, the wise five wise, five foolish. Foolish, foolish virgins are those who don't provide extra vessel for extra oil. What is extra vessel? Extra vessel is what you do with your life. Extra, apart from marrying, giving birth, going to work. Eating, drinking, pooping, wee-weeing, chatting, clothing yourself, doing makeups, doing lipo-lipo, all those things. All the other, all the things that you do apart from what everybody else does because they all lived. They all had oil in their lamps. But when the, the groom came, some people's oil was finished and others had provided extra. What is the extra? The extra is what you are doing now. You are sitting in church on a Wednesday evening. We all come to church on Sunday. But there are some people who do extra. They'll come for Wednesday meeting. They do extra. They'll come for Friday meeting. They'll do extra. They'll go for school outreach. They'll do extra. They'll go for... They'll go for rehearsals. Extra. They'll go for... You think... Listen. Who do you think advises me on what to do? Who would you... To travel... I just, I'm here. 
yesterday, we, we, we are here. We, we are here. I'm here. This one, when I woke up, straight to the police station. What for? I'm working so that God's house can be built. Yeah. We've been arrested several times. Oh. Several times. We've gone. Uh, yeah. I've, not, I've, just not, I've not just gone into jail. But I saw a counterback. I started sitting at counterbacks from Kumasi. <laughs> I started sitting at counterbacks from Kumasi. Long time ago. Oh. And I've, we are continuing a car. We don't mind. No matter how many come, we don't mind. Do you think I'm... Do you see my name anywhere in the church? I'll put my name here anyway, but do you see... Right now, do you see... You don't see... My, my name is not here. I'm not building an empire for myself. I'm building the house of God. If I die, I'm gone. It's finished. I don't have any... There's no inheritance that I'm going to give to my child. I will to you, Love Economy Church. Tesaros, Alpha, Mungulion, the one in Canada... The one in Australia is all for my first son. Then my second son, the one in Canada, the one in Japan, the one in Sierra Leone and Liberia is for my second son. My third daughter, the one in Dubai and Switzerland and America is all for you. There's nothing like that. All my life's work is not for my children. All my life's work is for God. I don't mind not leaving my children anything. They should live their lives. Yes. I left them the word of God. That's all. That's what I should leave them what? <laughs> Why? Is it by force? I, I've come to live my life. Do I have to leave you something? I don't have to leave you anything. Ah, I gave you life. I'll take you to school. What else do you want? I don't need. I gave you I gave I, I took you to school. I know what I'm supposed to do for you. I don't have to give you a block or one bag of cement. What for? Live your life. That is what was done to me, so I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Me, listen. My father died last year. We've not sat down to discuss property. What I property for what? I'm wise. I don't need property. What for? I should go and fight over a house. Are you mad? What are your hands for? Didn't he have hands? Didn't he have legs? Didn't wasn't he pooping and weaving like you're pooping and weaving? Didn't he have a brain like you have? How come he was able to do something? And you want to live off what he has done? Why won't you live off what you are doing yourself too? I don't have to leave you anything. I don't care about property. I don't care about anything. I'm doing God's work. On that day, that's what you show up. They will not ask me, did you build a house for your children? They will not ask me that question. That's why I can be a missionary. I don't care. If you will not live your life, be there. As my son, you will not live your life. I wish they were going, so I will tell, tell them to their face. What are you talking about? They will listen to the message. Hallelujah. Live your life. My job is to give you knowledge and give you wisdom. I'll give it to you and then I'll go. John Wesley, you think children are important? John Wesley didn't have a child. John Wesley, of all people, didn't have a child. Because it's not important. You think children are important. How come Jesus didn't have a child? He should have had sex with about 17,000 women so that he can distribute his seed and have, we have the life of God really here on earth. Really, the real life of God. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Paul didn't have children. There's no record that John had children. You think, you think it's, it's for nothing? They were wiser. They understand what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying. They are greater purpose. I'm not saying don't have children. They are higher purposes. Read the Bible well. It says that the time is short. Therefore, those of us who are married should live as though we are not married. You don't read your Bible. What time is short? The time for your life, your existence is too short. Don't be busy. First Corinthians chapter seven, twenty-seven. Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. If you are married, don't seek to be divorced. Be happy in your marriage. If you marry the Cantan Cross woman, be happy. When they shout on you, 
You say, thank you, Lord. And I'm, it's part of your, your goal, the goal that you are, work, you are working. Show, what is the goal? The goal is that allowing the divine life to show forth when you are under pressure. When it is time to insult somebody, you know that this person, Allah, you are a Christian, but you say Allah. You are come to do foolish, so you call Allah. Allah, when I get there, you say, Your mother's mother's mother, 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 mother. You can, like the person has done something that deserves insult. Then you restrain yourself. You restrain yourself and you say, It's well. It's well. Jesus is Lord. You did this to me, but it's powerful. That's the divine life. The divine life is gold. You are working gold into your garments. Proper character. Proper character of kindness. Someone mafiaed you. And yet you are kind to the person. You are working gold. Real gold. Silver is silver is silver is salvation. You see, we are we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. And the redemption and the, the, the purchase of the, the redemption was done by silver with silver coins. Okay, so silver is whatever you do in the house of God. Redemption, redeeming people, helping people, raising people is silver. You are working silver in your life. But gold is the divine, divine life in you. And what your character, your Christian, developing Christian character of gentleness, meekness and kindness and patience and love. Uh-huh, that one. And it is tested most in marriage. It is t- your wife will test your div- divine life in you. Will test your patience, test your kindness, test your love, and it is also worked by your Christian brothers and sisters in the house. There are a lot of people who leave God, who leave God's house because someone hates them. You don't know. You are you got the opportunity to work good in your life. You took your silver away. Yeah, and precious stones are born out of pressure. They are born out of fire, pressure, going through challenges in life, and going through them. Either ways, not cursing God while you are going through them. And saying that God, can't you see, may God punish God. You don't say that. You go through them, coming out with fortitude. Uh-huh. Those, are, those are the works. The opposite is wood. The opposite of divine life is wood. The opposite of uh, uh, silver is hay. The opposite of stubble. So it's either you are working one or the other. It's up to you. Why did I say that? First Corinthians chapter 7. Are thou bound unto a wife? Verse 27. Seek not to be loosed. Are thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. If your wife is died, don't seek a wife. If you are divorced, don't seek a wife. Remain as you are. Why? Why? It says, but and if thou marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, shall shall have trouble in the flesh. But I want to spare you. They will have a lot of trouble in the flesh. And I want to spare you of that problem. The problems you have due to marriage. Because marriage has its own problems. Marriage can take you to hell. I'm, I'm telling you. Do you know you are supposed to make sure your wife gets to heaven? Do you know? Do you know you are supposed to make sure your wife works all the good things in her life? Do you know you are responsible for your children? They are responsible for your children's life. They are born again experience. And everything else in their lives. So when you marry, extra responsibility. He says, I want to spare you. Next verse, there are troubles. Thripsis, the, the word, uh, uh, you shall have trouble. The word trouble is thripsis. It means precious. 
Next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 29. That's what I want to show you. It says, but this I say, brethren, that the time is what? Sure. The time is what? Sure. What time? The time of your life. And to please God. A short. It remained that, they, they, that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Those who have wives should live as though they didn't have any. Yeah, because when one guy married and he was invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, he said, I cannot come. He's the only one who said, I cannot come. All the rest said, have me as QB. He said, I cannot come. Because he was married. I don't want to point out, friends, that time is of the essence. There is no time to waste. So don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. Keep it simple in marriage. Next verse. Grief, joy, whatever. Even in other things, your daily routines of shopping and so on. Deal as sparingly as possible with the things the world trusts on you. This world, as you see it, is on its way out. I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you are married, you are free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Have not it? Yeah. Uh, but it's not in our case now. This verse is not in our case now. Not in this present world. It doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. How many unmarried people here? Are simply pleasing the Lord. Hey. Okay. Like what? <laughs> like we've got to 5,000 long ago. No. Yeah. Everybody's living in anticipation to marriage. Or living in anticipation of getting so many women, so many guys. We are using and being used. Hallelujah. So that's the first question, okay? The second question was what? I've answered it there. And the third question. I've answered everything. Oh, clap for Jesus. Ah. I didn't think I was answering them, but it's powerful. I don't know what you want to do with yourself. Be wise. It says, be wise as serpents. Be smart. Don't joke. It's not time to joke. It's time to do something with ourselves for the Lord. Your parents were not aware of what you're hearing now. They don't know. They missed out on the opportunity. Do something before you die. Use your life for the Lord. Tie your pennies to your ties. And put iron rods and cement your vagina. No entry. Go concrete, no. Put iron rods inside and see something. No entry. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.